And we're good. Here we go. And literally like, oh no, like not before this one. <laughs> it's quite chunky, doesn't it? Like you've got a weird like antenna or anything. <laughs> no, I meant this one. Flips on that one is, but on that one it's like so much as well. We need to go. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. We should see. Yeah. 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 It's been on for the last five minutes. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi and welcome to the Target Transfers podcast, a podcast for everything you need to know about heat printing. We are Target Transfers, the leading supplier of custom heat transfers, heat transfer vinyl heat presses. My name's Andy, I'm the marketing manager here and I'm joined by Molly. Thanks for joining us, Molly. Hello. We're also joined by Darren Sedge from Squeezed Orange today. Uh, Darren and Squeezed Orange are one of the leading garment decorators from Essex in the UK. They specialise in screen printing, heat printing and embroidery. Um, and they predominantly create premiums, uh, clothing distributor brands, workwear, and promotional clothing, along with uh, their own brand, uh, Squeezed Orange. So, as, thank you very much. As, for, uh, prepared by Darren. Yeah. <laughs> so, Darren is the owner and co founder, and also a uh, former British Championship jet skier. So thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> Picking up your the intro there, Darren. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're going to just jump straight into it, really. And how did you get started garment decorating? Oh, well, uh, this goes back a long way. That's okay, we've got time. Uh, Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we start from the start then. So yeah, from the intro, I was a professional freestyle jet skier for most of my teens, early 20s. And then during that time, I wanted my own like set of jet ski hoodies. Uh, yeah. So I actually went away, ordered them from somewhere else, just online, ordered them, got them in. They were great. More and more people sort of wanted to buy them to support like the jet ski yeah. career. Um, what did the first hoodies you get look like? They were, I still remember them. So yeah. they were Fruit Galoon hoodies yeah. with just <laughs> just vinyl, vinyl printed yeah, front yeah. and back, which was good. At the time when I received them, knowing nothing about garments or anything, like they, they, yeah, they were the best thing ever. <laughs> I opened the box, I got your name on the hoodie. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from that and a few friends wanting them just to support the, the jet skiing, I decided to create my own brand. Yeah. Completely just like create a brand, set it alongside like an action sports brand to like supplement what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother came up with a name against the world because we thought we'd fit if it was like the jet skiing and competitions and yeah. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big leap was I started looking into how to actually print garments yeah. myself. Just sort of like me being me. I just thought, oh, I'll dive into it, YouTube videos, internet, blah, blah, blah. And ended up buying um, <laughs> a Chinese heat press and vinyl cutter. Yeah. And started from there, really. So I always remember the first cut I ever done, I didn't, I didn't reverse it, I didn't play it. I couldn't work it out and I, I still sticks with me. So I was like, oh, you have to reverse it. So this was it. Like, it was really um, just micro failing every single step of the way, like from getting it, not reversing it, holding it up to the garment, going like, what, like yeah. how do we do this? So I think YouTube was about then, but it wasn't sort of as popular as it is now. It definitely wasn't podcast or anything like that. So it was a little bit harder to learn, but we got there. Um, and then in the end, it just rolled on from that. So it was just like that that brand. So we then like fast forward a few years, that brand had kind of taken off. 
we had upgraded the heat presses to um, like the auto open like fan presses. I wish you all that one from you, I believe. How far into your business did you switch from your Chinese press to one of ours? Quite quickly, because you um, and this isn't like not even like paid to say this or like, but, <laughs> but it's a real world thing. The, the Chinese heat press, um, I believe it, I say caught fire, but it definitely had an electrical fault, tripped out, nearly blew up the house, etc. And I was like, okay, not really we need to change. Fine. Yeah, and even before that, it was struggling to, to heat. It, you know, now, now I know what I know now. I know that wasn't heating like the plate equally and things like that. Some of the guard, like yeah, some of the uh, yeah. bottom was stuck, some of it wasn't, etc. So obviously, you only learn that if you then upgrade your equipment and go, oh, wait a minute. Now I figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fairly quickly we upgraded. Um, and then as that business, as ATW, the brand rolled on. So sort of over the years it, it got bigger, we started the online store, etc. Uh, I then started to outsource to China. Mm-hmm. So then we started making the paper templates, finding factories in China, making things from scratch, and we completely moved everything over there. Um, and then I was just focused on the jet skiing and the marketing side of that business. And then as sort of that then grew and sort of took us to the next level, we were sort of importing half containers and containers of tracksuits and things like that. Um, I then bought an embroidery machine to run samples of beanies and things like that in-house. Yeah. Just as just more of our sampling. Um, and that was a, just a rubber like PR650 that we sort of found on eBay, etc. Like real good machines, like we, we recently only stopped using them, but yes, yeah, so we got that and then that got me into embroidery. And then it sort of like fast forward a couple more years, ATW had, I say really taken off, but it was getting, it was gaining traction, um, approaching on probably 100,000 followers on Facebook and things like that. And then we were working with um, YouTubers like, you know, the early influencers. Yeah. So I was sort of giving clothes to influencers, they were wearing it, it was obviously surfing around boosting sales, etc. So we were sort of like first in the influencer market with that brand. Is it still mostly jet skis at that point? Have you kind of gone No, so yeah, it was a little bit of jet skiing, um, but mainly like the automotive scene, because I was quite into the car scene and yeah. car YouTube channels and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was mainly like automotive YouTubers because they were sort of like the biggest, biggest guys at the time. And it happened to be one or two of my friends, or like sort of one of my friends was a, a big YouTuber. And he wanted his own stuff made and knew obviously I was into the garment thing. I wasn't printing for anyone at this point. We were only doing sort of like a little bit of heat transfer and a little bit of embroidery just for our own samples before we shipped it off to China and got it all made. Um, he was like, wanted me to print, Adam wanted me to print, and I kept, no, 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 not printing, not printing. In the end, I'd run in one or two hoodies, just heat transfer hoodies with his logo, etc. He loved them, announced them on his YouTube channel, that went booming, before we know it, we're printing hoodies for, for a YouTuber. And that was when we really sort of started, I say printing volume, we, what we thought was volume at the time, you know, printing 50, 60 hoodies or whatever, we were like, wow, like, we're going, we're going now. Yeah, yeah. So this is it. This is literally our first time ever dealing with 
and sort of someone placing an order through us rather than just our own brand. And then that's where the squeezed orange name comes from. Because it was literally like from the moment we was going to send him that invoice for these hoodies, it was like, I'm going to do it for OTW because that's like my brand. Yeah. That, that's just like the squeezed orange name just got plucked out of the air and we, we then squeezed orange print shop. I think and that quite a lot of people do that though. They yeah. have like their passion project on one side and then have another business that they run and like make profit from to fund the other one. Like they yeah. do it the other way around. They plan for the passion project to be the one yeah, that yeah. works for, whereas for you it happened back to front almost. Yeah. Yeah, we were sort of like, and still in my mind, like my hundred percent focus was my brand. Yeah, I was so into my brand; it was like that was that was my energy. That was where all my energy went was into my brand. Um, and like, yeah, the printing on the side was was just printing on the side. We were just doing it because we could. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we were still we was always pushing for the quality. Then that's why he wanted wanted us to print. Um, and then, so as that went on, we done a few few drops with him, a few like limited sales for his YouTube channel, and then his friend wanted stuff done, and you know, it goes, it just stepping stones on, and suddenly you're printing for 10, 15, 20 YouTubers, and then that was when we it, it was serious. You know, that was it. We were then upgrading machines, and and then ultimately got into screen printing and what we're doing now, which is sort of like bulk, you know, real sort of bulk manufacturing and embroidering screen printing. Like that, but yeah, it all started with a heat press and uh, yeah. a vinyl cutter. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can underestimate just how powerful word of mouth still is in this industry, mm -hmm. really. So many yeah. of our customers have grown by that relationship they've built yeah. a high quality product they produce for someone. Yeah, it's, it's so so key. It's the, the ultimate business card, really. Yeah, I mean, we don't right now, we don't run any adverts at all for Twizzle. I, I never have. I never have run a Facebook ad. Uh, never run Instagram. Nothing. So never pay for advertising. The only thing we do is just produce what we produce. Yeah. And then, like, say that. Hopefully, speaks for itself. Yeah. Share, um, share that on your organic, and that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then obviously, and then like social media comes into it with like you know with the content, etc. Putting the content out and the videos and things like that. Um, so we sort of get seen that way. But even then, we never. Always said when I started, I never want to to grow it like ATW. You know, I'm not bothered about having a million followers or a hundred thousand followers or whatever. It's that doesn't matter to me. To me, it's, it's what we're printing. You're better off having three thousand, thirty thousand followers. Yeah. with ten percent that actually buy from you than you are having a million. Yeah. With yeah. No sales. Yeah, and having good. You know, I like I like I like the customers we work with right now. I think we're in a really good spot. We we get we get some good prints. Yeah. I mean, I'd have a big to you. Your manufacturing facility in Essex. I mean, we won't say which brands yet, but you, there's some of the brands that you're printing when we visited you last. Mm. They're, they're very, yeah, there's yeah. Some, some very nice companies in there, mm. um, that anyone would be sort of very proud to be doing their work for. Yeah. 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 yeah, so no, we're lucky. Yeah, we've got, but we've always just focused on that, just comes from a focus of um, quality. Yeah, we don't. We don't sell anything in that regard. Do you know what I mean? We're not salespeople, we're just screen printers and we just do our work mm. and that's it. We're very, we are very picky and choosy. So if anyone like does contact us, like this isn't this isn't a stamp of somebody's brands, but like we won't print on Gildan's personal reference. Yeah. We don't. You know, I know loads of people do it, I know Gildan's huge. Love them, but not for us. Like we, we, we use, say, I don't want to say better stuff, but we do use softer materials, which make 
bring the better. You know, it's not all us. It is on your garment choice as well. Your garment selection, and obviously, it's what our customers want. A lot of it is the oversized stuff. What I say, the more premium stuff. You know, we are printing for brands that have a higher retail market. You know, everything we do has to be folded and bagged, labelled. Yeah, to a to a to a finished spec, not just folded and put in a box. And I think that's good advice. We have quite a few sort of streetwear brands that come through mm. on our masterclass and our training sessions here. And the actual difference between a kind of at the entry level t shirts and hoodies mm. versus the ones you're using, the, the actual price difference is not that much between them compared mm. to what the actual RRP would be yeah. ultimately. Yeah. yeah, well, you can sell them for if you make that slight upgrade. It's what it all comes back to to ATW because I've been there with a brand, albeit I'm not saying it was like you know the biggest brand in the world, but because I've been there on the front line with a brand, you're constantly like your brand focus pushing quality. I've, I've still got that element of like I, I will. We'll put a little bit of input in in with our in with our customers and be like, look, if we were doing this, we'd actually use this hoodie, etc. You know, like we've kind of been there and done it. But you know, over the last ten years, and the experience, yeah. and that's yeah. what they're coming to you for. They yeah. know that they're going to get the best quality products mm -hmm. from that. Yeah, not just oh, they look quite good on Instagram. Have one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's always the case like we get hit a little. I don't know. No, it hasn't really happened. Maybe once or twice, but they see they see one of our like print on Instagram, and then I mean this comes down to our garment selection. So we this is where we sort of went solid on like we won't print on some stuff, we will print on others because they come to us, see the print on Instagram, place the order, but they want a lower spec blank. We do the print. It's still like a good print. You know, it, it, it's sort of like still us. It's still our print. We haven't bought anything. It's still good, but. They're going, it doesn't look as smooth, it doesn't, you know, look as sharp. I'm like, but the, gar the, the garment's not, and then that was like kind of like, right, we're just not doing it because what we're putting this advert out there of like, look what we're doing. And then when it arrives, and then they want yeah. the cheap stuff, you're like, yeah, but the stuff on Instagram is obviously our highlight reel. They're like yeah. the most expensive garments and the like, you know, the best prints that we're doing. Um, not saying everything else we do is crap, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, Holding that expectation, you know, now when people come to us, it really is like, um, sort of, I hate to say not wanting to be the best, but like, we just want to put the best out or the best that we can do out. And but that's that comes it. back to what we were talking about on our previous podcast about authenticity, and people mm -hmm. like can see that, like, you say you're not pushing ads, you don't need to. People know that you produce high quality products and you know yeah. what you're doing, you've got the expertise, you've got the experience, mm -hmm. and that's what shines through on everything you do rather than bigger brands that might necessarily say push adverts to make sales and it's not their true heart passion, that's just something they're just doing it to make sales. Yeah. Which is yeah. a big difference that people can see. Yeah, you can push through, it's sort of two ways to print. You can push through the quantity, you know, and you can be on the quantity side of things and want to do 10,000 garments a week or whatever, or you can scale it back and push for quality mm -hmm. you know you sort of can you have both yeah to a degree um yeah if you're a really really big shop you know and you've got a few autos going and some real good staff then yeah of course you can but got scale to get to that point exactly yeah you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna come out the gate and and um be pushing quantity and quality yeah sort of successfully yeah it's hard it's a hard it's a hard balance because you you know you need the work but at the same time you always want the good work and it's the best possible place to get is into a position where you can turn jobs down yeah you know you can pick and choose your jobs 
Um, we probably turn down 50% of jobs that come through. Not at, like, even when I say that, it's like, oh, it makes me cringe a bit. But it, yeah, they're not right. They're not right for us. They might be better for DTG. They might be better for just something. Or they're not, they're just not us. They're not for us. They yeah. might be another print shop that actually, like, that's their style. You know, they're doing the discharge stuff or whatever. Maybe go to them. We always try and help. But we also try and be honest. If it's not for us, it's not for us. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to try and, and mess it up or not deliver. There's nothing worse than. Nothing worse than the customer not being happy. That's what that's but, what hurts, I think. Yeah, I think I think as well is that having we've spoken a few times obviously, but you're very passionate about screen printing mm. and a level of detail that you put into that. So yeah. an important part of choosing to become a garment decorator is having the freedom to be passionate about what you do. And yeah. if some a job comes through and you're not passionate about it, then yeah. it's not it's just not the best option to do because you, you if your heart's not in it then you know yeah. You're not gonna you should, you should if you've got enough work coming in, you should just pick the ones that you're gonna enjoy making the brands that you can <coughs> growing and being a part of that journey with them as well. So, yeah. It's all down to skill set as well, because everything is a different, a slightly different skill set. I mean, this comes from you know, ten years, eleven and probably twelve years now printing, you sort of you know, I say it's just a micro failure, you know, I failed more jobs than you got to do that to learn. Like, you have, you? you know, that's that's the you know. Oh, I say I never went to uni. Every failed job is my university tuition. You know, that is it. Like, you know, that's my portfolio. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's that's my that's my uni fee. But yeah, we've we failed a lot. I failed a lot. So I keep saying we because there's a there's a couple of us in the team. But the early days, it was just me, and yeah, we failed a lot. And we learned a lot. And now I know what my skill set is. I know where I'm good. You know, I know, like, yeah, if you come to me with that, we can do that, it will be good, and it will deliver. There's so many elements to it as well, so you can't be 100% on all of them. It and just... no, no job is the same. You know, every job comes in, it's, it's always, it could be the simplest three-colour job or whatever, and it, it will it, it will kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone will, you know, everyone, every job will. So there's that, and that's, that's the fun part. For yeah. me, that's the fun part, that, you know, the problem solving. That's all, you, that's all you're doing is problem solving. Yeah, I think that's key. I mean, I've spoken to a few customers recently, um, mostly around uh, vinyl printing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's learning to, like say, accepting you're going to make mistakes, yeah. being humble about it, and enjoying that process. And that's how you get great results. And anyone who follows you on Instagram can see some of the great product you're putting out there in the detail. Um, there's so many people I speak to and say, okay, I've tried that product, but it didn't work. How many times you try it? Three times? <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe put aside a couple of hours and really just yeah. get stuck into it. How many it. times did it take you to figure out how to build? Yeah. <laughs> Too many. Never, never even. So high build was um, was a whole beast in itself. Yeah, that was, I didn't even know you needed a smart at the time. Yeah. So I, I sort of, I should probably, there's a lot more resources out there. I should probably research a lot more, but I'm one of these that just jump in. I like, see right. it, I'm doing yeah. it, and I'm, I'm around here picking up high-build one or doing something like with only half the story and I go back and I'm like, oh my god, we cut it. Yeah, no, we probably wasted a lot of material learning to cut that. A lot of material. And then not only cutting it, when we started cutting it well, and then actually like applying it to the garment, that's then a whole nother situation. And then it's learning as well, sort of, and you need to go on a hoodie, is it going on a t-shirt? I mean your heat presses are great now because we can change all the settings and have them all. We, we've got them now 
on the on the hat press I just got from you guys. Like we we now have all the settings for hoodie, t-shirt, hat. Because we slightly change the settings. We like we always have done. We slightly change the temperature and things like that. And obviously the pressures. Um, and that's just something we learn. Yeah, yeah. That's just something we learn from from pressing hundreds of them. Yeah, thousands of them probably. Yeah, we do a lot of them. Yeah, we have a lot of people that have come over and asked uh, how you do it so well, high build, because we do reshare a lot of your images. Because you take pictures of them a lot better than we do. <laughs> and yeah, we always have people going, how did you do that? I'm like, you better go and speak to Darren. Trial and error, yeah, yeah. But in reality, we haven't got any uh, supersonic light machines. We've just got graphite cutter, uh, the smart lights from you. Patience. Yeah, patience. Yeah, that's it. And just trial and error, just, just play around. We get a lot of DMs like, what cut settings do you use? And I'll just take a fight with the machine and go, this is what we're using, but how do you play? You know, like how, you know, what's it? I don't how know. You know, we, you how many places we go through? Well, we've got two in rotation all the time. And we'll probably come here and get new ones a couple of months, a month, mm. two months. Yeah, we go for a lot of blades. A lot of blades. You can see instantly when they start to blunt. Like we know straight away. Does it drag the edge slightly? So it's not a smooth cut. Yeah, and um, they become harder to eat. Simply like mm -hmm. you, you, like from the moment you go to pull off, like the, you know the main bulk of yeah. of the vinyl, you can see it's it's slightly just like tugging it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know straight away that we change the blades. So we've got we got two, we use one, as soon as that starts to go, we replace it and then we work. so we've always got one. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've always got one spare. But again, that's experience, trial and error, it's just yeah. having a go, isn't it? Yeah. There's no one setting that will fit everyone. No. No, would you say that um, you sold yourself a little short with the jet skiing earlier? But one of the things. <laughs> I need to uh, read it back around. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things when we're doing our homework on you, I didn't realise that as well as actually being a jet skier, you got into the actual manufacturing of elements of it as well. Yeah. Building your own custom. Oh, yeah, and the internet's not cheap for you. God, did you Google my name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that must have been quite an education experience that yeah. perhaps helped you uh, to get to this point with the uh, screen printing. Yeah. I mean, it probably more like elaborate. Like, I work with my hands. Yeah. That's it. And I've always been, yeah, like just one of them, like, oh, what does that do? I'll take it apart. As a kid, was probably, was, was probably yeah. a nightmare. You know, at the age of fourteen, I was stripping and rebuilding jet ski engines down to the ground, mm. replacing the bearings, building them back up. You know, we got to a point where uh, me and my dad swap an engine out in probably ten minutes. Yeah, no, no, like no drama. And then, so yeah, then we got to the point of like making making the jet ski hulks because um, I would. Basically, I was I was trying to backflip a jet ski. Yeah. Um, and they, they, like this is this is probably what instilled failure into me, like and from a young age, because I failed, 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 like literally landed on my head every time, over like, thousands of times. Um, and then we started tweaking like the actual hull of the jet ski, like the actual boat. We started chopping the back to like round it up and things like that. Then we. As that evolved, we, we just got on to fully making our own jet skis. Working with glass, I went on a glass harbor course. And then yeah, just started fully manufacturing jet skis. We never, we never actually sold it. Literally, just manufactured them for, yeah. for, for myself. Um, which sounds like a big sort of expensive project, but it, it's not when you get into it. It's, it's cheaper than buying jet ski holes, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, we sort of like custom made them, custom made the length, cut the back of them and stuff like that. And eventually, eventually did backfit one. Like we did. One of your ones that you'd made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, at one point, there is another guy who, who I was on his team. He's making them now and is like doing fantastic stuff. But at the time, I was the only person to manufacture and build a jet ski hole in the UK. And then took it to the British Championship and backflipped it, which was like the elusive backflip for like the 900cc class. So I sort of done that. And then. Um, you, the first, you, you were the first UK skier to do it in. Champ in the expert class competition as well. In, in 900cc, yeah. Yeah, yeah there were others, they were doing it for a long time in the, with the bigger engines and the road hammer because I think like, Stone was doing it like years before me, like he was, he was smashing it. But um, he was always like in the you know, league above me, shall we say. Yeah, I was in like the expert class and yeah, I, I'd done a long in that, yeah. Not bad achievement? Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but, uh, a lot of learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I went over the bar, like, the injuries and stuff involved just out sort of yeah they were there they were part of it you know it was, it, it was um i don't know we i mean the worst accident i ever had was it, it was actually after the backflip i was trying like what we used to call like the flare roll which is like an off-axis backflip 360 backflip basically and you're coming in blind on the side i under rotated um we was in london docks at the end of city airport like right at the end of the airport we were training there and um, I, I signed the jet ski, like we lost it. Um, so yeah, in the end, after a um, yeah a lot of a lot of fighting, we we sent a diver down and, and got it back. But uh, I'm now banned from from the docks, and <laughs> like, still to this day, that was years ago. But yeah, still to, still to this day, I am technically banned from from being on the water uh, anywhere near the Thames or under the docks. Right? Yeah, that was that was probably the worst one. But yeah, we, you know, I've gone over the bars countless times, ripped the handle poles off, bent the handle bars, broke them, like everything, anything you can think. Like, so you built them and broke them at the same time. Oh, I broke them every every day. At, at the time, you know, at the time it was I was riding them seven days a week, every day. Like that yeah. was that was it. You know, we were going out, breaking the ice, riding. That that, that was it. That was. You started off sort of in your early teens that you get into that. Oh yeah, before the teens, yeah, I was to be fair, you know, um I was always my dad always had boats. So we was always water skiing and stuff from I don't know, this is literally probably as long as I could stand up. I always remember my dad used to uh get water skis and get a rope and tie them together so your legs like sort of didn't just fly off and then I used to water ski behind a boat. You know, when I was literally probably five years old. Um, <laughs> Strapped on. So yeah, it was. Yeah, and as soon as I fell off, someone would jump in and I like, saved me. Now, so yeah, it was. I was always like me and water, me and water sports. It's just it's like me and walking. You know, it's just like natural. Yeah, that was it. So it was like a natural thing of like then we got a jet ski and I remember, you know, I think I must have been maybe 10, 11 when we was first playing about jet skis and then yeah by fourteen. 15 it was professional and then moving into late teens early 20s was when we were really really moving with it you're traveling all over for that one as well yeah yeah we all over the country um america a few times yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, luckily, well, I say luckily, no, there was no, um, there was no Instagram, there was no YouTube back then because it would have made some great blogs and some great content, but that, that stuff wasn't about. So all that is just whatever's documented out there, you know, by other people. Which, it's a shame, isn't it? Because like you yeah. said, that would have been good to look back on for you as well, regardless of anything else, to have that memory. I think my life would have been different though, because if you had built up YouTube and things like that, probably never would have got into printing or anything True. like that, never yeah, would have had a yeah. business, because you would have been a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Printing in your own merch. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting. You mentioned about obviously being quite hands-on with the product, etc. Yeah. Is that one of the main reasons you decide to move, bring your printing back from China yeah. so you can have more control over it for yourself? Not, yeah, yes, yeah. As old designs and old prints start to get more technical, um, I was never fully happy with yeah. the result we were getting. It wasn't bad, you know, not, again, I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I wasn't knocking China, they were they were great, they, they could churn out the volume, that's for sure, but it come in and I was like, yeah, we could finish these garments ourselves. Better, better. quality, yeah. 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 And then we had the, the stamp of like, you know, finished in the UK, printed in the UK. A lot of people have that so, sort of, want that quality control, that's why they bring it back in now. To the, to the point where now it's, it's almost on full circle is, 50% or maybe not that much, a little bit less, is brands that have gone to China or wherever, gone to a factory, some of them are in the UK, but they've, they've, they've gone to these factories, they're manufacturing their own cut t-shirt, joggers and stuff, then they send them to us and they import them and they come straight to us and then we then print them, finish them and yeah. send them back out. So they're still, I guess even they see the same thing we saw many years ago, you know, uh, yeah. And I think other printers are doing that as well. It's not, they're not, it's not like I've got everyone in the UK, but it's, I think that's just something that's going on. Maybe printers in the, in the UK is like a bit more yeah. care or whatever. I don't know. Well, I mean, we know from you, some of your secret sauce that we won't go into detail <laughs> here, but there are little bits and pieces that you do do with your garments that are above and beyond mm. uh, that other people won't know. Part of your kind of your trial and error process to kind of break things it means that there's certain things you do that other people won't think to do. And obviously, you won't really want to share that with someone else doing it for you because then they'll start offering that up to yeah. absolutely everyone as well. Yeah, create your own competition is not ideal, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, there's tricks and tips in there of, of what we do, but yeah. I mean. And yeah, would you, have you ever thought about having your own garments manufactured overseas or elsewhere, or do you think it's better to stick to your, your core? I, I have a, a lot, a lot, but um, money, mm. time, uh, and then space, ultimately when you bring it in, you don't need where it's a whole another beast, which yeah. I then just bring it back to simplicity of, don't let us just say printing, you know, yeah. how can we print more, how can we print faster, Yeah, and that's where, that's where we're at at the moment, you know, it's, it's staffing, trying to bring people in, uh, more machines. Um, How many staff have you got moment two? So there is myself, Steve, um, my dad now fully works for me, um, and then we've got Georgia as well. So she's, uh, she's great. She's like Saturday staff, should I say, or that sort of part-time like some of an apprenticeship but yeah still at school comes in whenever she when, whenever she can 
and uh, she does a lot of the weeding for us. So we've literally got somebody, I say full time, but she comes in and her job once, twice a week is literally weed like everything yeah. that we're, we're printing from like the key clips to yeah, the 3D rubber stuff and that. So, Scoured yeah. your business from my book then. Mm. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot she's doing because we use that that high build is so popular for us. Yeah, I didn't realise. I don't die. Yeah, we cut. We're sort of cutting it for our printers as well now. Yeah, which is strange. That's mad. It's, it's, it's almost like it's almost like your business. You know. <laughs> 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 oh no, we don't cut people's designs anymore. No. No, we don't have the. Uh... Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I do, but. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, no, we started cutting it for a, a few others. I guess it's just one of them things that rolled on. We thought, well, yeah, we can do it. I've sort of got the staff yeah. to do it. So we do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's when I really noticed that it was it was quite a skill. Mm. I don't even know how we um I think it comes back down to how we discussed about just taking the time to actually learn. So many people that yeah. are not willing to uh to do that. But like I say, it's once you Done it to the point where you're happy with it. It's just repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah. And again, like knowing the limitations of it, like we're very, we, we are unbelievably tricked. Like when you email and you go, oh yeah, I've got this 3D rubber, you know, high build, you're like, oh, we're done. Let's are too small. You know, you've got to know the limitations of the media that you're working with. Yeah. And you, 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 we have to tell people, we have to just go, look, we can't do that, but if you delete the small text, do this, you know, maybe make it slightly thicker. Then thin lines that sort of go off into nothing, not going to work. They're just, they're just not. Maybe you can cut it, but then is it going to stick to the garment? You know, there's all this you need to think about. You need, you need to ruin a few t-shirts first, yeah, and, and then, and then you get there. Yeah. But. And you've recently swapped out. You screen printer at heart, mm -hmm. and you did screen print all of your neck labels onto the garments. Yeah. But you've recently switched to using. Our screen printer transfers mm. versus doing it yourself. Why'd you do that? Because uh, it's our main press. Um, we need to keep spinning with, with the big jobs, you know, with the big prints, the back prints, the front prints. Um, so, yeah, standing there using the main press to do 1200 nick labels, we don't need to do it. No. That, that as well, um, there is an element of. Like we put quality above anything and everything. So even if it took longer, but I was like, no, the quality is definitely still there. Like we would then have to take the time to do it. Yeah. You know, quality comes first. So we started and we trialed the the uh, like the plastic transfers for the neck labels, um, and the quality was was there. But you know, we've put through some some jobs with like super small letters, and I was like, "There's no way it was like this." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm almost taking a bit now. You know, like, I'm like, "Did you just break my yeah, I'm waiting for your printer to ring me up and be like, "Right, this is not happening." But no, they come, they come through. And again, when you apply them properly, like even the last month or two, where we've really gone like, "That's the decision made. That's what we're doing," yeah. and we're pushing all the labels. Through, um, we're, we're still learning. You know, we're still learning like the best, like the best, like sort of like peel off temperatures and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was. I was testing Saturday. Just got. I was testing most of the afternoon. I probably went through a whole sheet of 
uh, negligence, just playing with time and temperature, like up, upping it by a second and then testing it again, up it by, just to see what would happen, just to see if there's anything where I'm, I'm missing, you know, and that's just, that, that's what I done, I just took a t-shirt and just put a million labels all the way down, it just yeah. kept putting it off a bit, done another one, put it, done that. And now I feel, yeah, we've, we've really dialed them in. Did you change the, because you've got the new 360 hat press as well, which mm -hmm. has the heated lower pattern. Did you mm -hmm. change, change the temperature of both when you were yeah. testing? Yeah. To see which one, what works better, having a heated, more heat coming through the bottom than the top, or? Um, so we we run the, the bottom, I'm still quite new to the machine, but we run that, I think like 70 or 80. So I don't know whether that's max. I think it max is like 160. Yeah, about 160 to 180 is that. Yeah, so we're running that at about, yeah, 70 or 80, and then the top at uh, uh, 160. But for us, it, it's playing with the pressure that you press as well is a massive, mm. massive factor from what I can see. Um, and then time as well. Mm. I think a lot of people underestimate pressure, preparation. They think, oh, as long as you put the heat on it for the time and it's stuck down, it'd be fine. But... Yeah, no, no, you've got to play. Got that with the pressure. It's getting to a point where I like to see the weave of the garment in the, mm -hmm. in the print. That's what we were trying to get to with two presses. So like a pre press, like a heat press, and then uh, transfer on press. Yeah. And then we leave that to cold peel, and then when we peel that, I want to be able to see the fabric of yeah. the thing through. That's so it looks like it's actually part of it. It looks like it's in the garment. It's solid. Wash tested that shirt. To be fair, I wash tested the shirt that we done the million things on the one. The one come off. So we're really, we're really, we're really like, we're really picky. But um, yeah, I like it. And now, and now we've got the guy. You know, I've got the guy there. He's standing there, and he's he's literally there all day just putting, putting labels in. Because that's like everything we do has to have labels in for your customers to know yeah. your branding. Yeah. So we put we put all their labels in for them. It's all part. Obviously, it's all part of like the package that we're doing. Is, you know, it's what they come to us for. So yeah, literally every garment that we've done a swimming on the back, peg, oh, whatever, then goes over and has to be labelled from the back. That's it. Again, it's a bit like the picking the slightly more expensive garment, which might only be 50p to a pound per mm -hmm. item. It's a bit adding a neck label, a customised neck label, again, adds a much and that premium look to it. So yeah, when you when you call something off the shelf, like that could be, it's retail. Or yeah. it's even it's even higher than that sometimes yeah. because you've taken that every little detail. But Nick labels cost like twenty p at most. Uh, when you yeah, when you game them on the sheet, game game on the yeah, we are literally like like a, 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 a blade's whip between them, yeah. like into the guys like you need to start spacing these out. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. Yeah, I it's definitely for us. Speeding up production. There's a million. There's a million ways to put net labels in. You know, we were looking down the room of like wrapping tags and still screwing them in. But then like we keep hitting the stumbling blocks of like, then we've still got washout screens. We've still got you know we're still getting the guy standing there doing that etc. Um, so for us, it was the cleanest, quickest, and sort of like I say cost effective because I mean we could just screen them ourselves, but time um, and the quality is there. Yeah, it really is, and we we can hold that super fine detail, and we you know you can get them perfect every time. I feel you can get them perfect every time. As soon as you put them on onto the hat presses, which is what we use, you get them in a minute every time. Like, yeah. easy. I was gonna say, you find placement easy enough. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. 
don't swear. Would you normally just think you know, think you use shirts of terrible labels on them when you do mm. this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so uh, the stuff we use is just normally got um, just a little size tag in the neck. Yeah, so there's no branding on them. So we don't we don't do any labeling. We we get ourselves all the time, you know, hand tag, but we don't do any cut side. Yeah, just print. Uh, we just print fold the back and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, not yet, not yet going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, there's, there's, we've spoken to quite a lot of people who think about starting their own brands uh, or how to start their own brands or in various stages of it. Is there any advice that you give to people who think about 2020 as their year to start their own clothing brand? Anything you wish someone told you? 2020, sorry. <laughs> so it's 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, advice. Something you wish someone had told you when you first started? Um, I mean, I don't know about told me, but my advice is uh, quality over everything. Yeah. And that is it. And ultimately, listen, listen to your printer. Mm. You know, if they say, you know, things can't be done, this, that, the other, maybe, maybe listen to them. But yeah, um, yeah definitely quality, quality of the garment, over and above absolutely everything so down, down to how you package it you know we, we've got all the packaging that we're doing you know, like screen printed poly bags like ziploc bags like all of that has to be branded you know you've got to go to them levels yeah i feel when it comes to uh, garments is there anything you look for when you're picking out garments that you're going to be happy to do print on so i think the kind of a telltale sign stitching Thickness of the hoodie. Yeah, so we like like the soft feel stuff, like the tights or sort of, things like the you know like the ring spun yeah. cotton stuff. Nice weight. Most most things you know most t-shirts we're we're using are sort of probably over two hundred GSM, mm-hmm. and they just they just provide that super smooth like substrate to print on. Yeah, you know like you can print others, the slightly cheaper stuff, the workwear stuff, but the ink sort of just falls into the weave and you always just get like a rough a rough texture yeah so i suppose it's probably the same with the, you know with the transfers i believe like the transfers will definitely stick better to the slightly higher end stuff yeah you know, it's got it's got to do you think it's important for people to try the cheaper garments and print on them to see why it goes wrong because sort of a well then trying a high quality one and going oh yeah that looks okay but do you think people need to Fuse it, touch it, feel it, see the difference to, to really understand and explain to their customers why they choose a higher quality one. Um, yes, I mean, yeah, if you wanted to take it, take it that far. You know, I mean, we we don't we don't necessarily do that, but we do we we sort of explain to them like this is the, you know there will be differences and to the point where we we won't print that. You know, it's kind of like a flat out, you know, if that's what you want, sorry, that's not sort of what we're doing. We're not priced to do that. Um, and in a lot of them respect, because we've said that, that that is what it is, it must be correct. <laughs> you know, so it's like they kind of then go, okay, yeah, we'll listen to you, you seem to know what you're talking about. But I guess if you're starting up and you sort of haven't got that, that knowledge or that yeah, yeah, weight behind you, I mean, Give them a go. I mean, yeah, we went through, you know, starting out, I went through a stage of, I think most people do, I think eventually you've bought every garment from Rallywise or wherever, you know, you go through, you, you try to gild them, you try to premium, you try this, you try to stand and you just figure out what works for you. 
Um, I think with Rallowise Charge, you can order one yeah. of an item. So it's, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you are thinking about trying it, it's not, you're not going to order 100 or order by bulk no. just to, to uh, try and break it a little bit. No, no. So, yeah, it's. I, d I definitely done that. I definitely spent a lot of money over the years on the garments. When they bring new garments out, we buy them. Yeah. We, we have a look, we test them, we wear them. We yeah. You go. That's that's sort of like your market research. We're con I constantly feel like we're in like R and D, like research and development. Like we're just constantly trying stuff. I've definitely constantly got ideas on the go of like what we're going to do next. And we saw you at the last weekend do as a promotion. But is there anything you saw that turned your head at the show this year? Um, is it Nicky Press? Yeah, yeah, I did nearly buy a your dual wear fusion dress, <laughs> didn't I? So yeah, that's nice. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of um, like the DTF stuff and the transfer stuff, which is to me it it did no yeah it did open my eyes. So I'm I'm a I'm a screen printer through and through, and it kind of taught me to not be a caveman and be stuck. Mm -hmm. because there is some crazy stuff with the transfer mm -hmm. transfers and like the DTF things you're doing to the point where we even come back and we sort of had a little team talk back at back at the shop of like you know could we be could we be utilizing this you know could we lower the MOQs and offer you know if customers want it could we offer that you know can yeah. we offer some some of these transfer things if they're coming to us with you know full photographs and a lot of stuff that we would probably turn away screen printing. You know, yeah. if we start now, sort of re-looking really at them emails going, could we could we offer this as like the ultra colour or something like yeah. that? You know, could we could we do something like that? Um, so we'll see. I believe the quality's there, but for me, it's I've really just got to explain to the customer like, this isn't screen print. You know, like I, I part of me feels like everything's still trying to sort of like they, they still base off screen print, everything is still like so. You, you, you do a transfer, and it's like, oh, you know, it's the most like screen print, etc. So it's like screen print is still there, yeah. But then there are limitations to it, you know. There, uh, just for one, for us, you know, the MOQ you're coming to us with an eight color, oh, I want an eight color, I want this, you know, unless it's 150, 75 garments, yeah, there's not a lot we, we're gonna do, we're not gonna set up the eight colors and do all that. So, is there a way, you know, as long as we explain to them? That this isn't sort of like screen print sort of thing, but we, you know, we could do the lower quality stuff in this other media. Yeah. I think um, if you introduce ultra color as well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying goodbye to screen print or let go of that never, side of your yeah, business. Yeah, we could never that's say core could, values. Yeah, could never say goodbye to screen print completely. I don't think we ever will. We're still going to grow the screen print side. It's it's just picking up them them emails that otherwise slip through and being able to help them customers. Tried the ultra color stuff. The quality is very good. You know, like it, it is good when you, when you get past the point of like actually, yes, yeah, not screen print, but like this this has it does have a place in the market. A very very strong foot in the market of what we're doing, and it's I think part of me and, and, and just squeezed orange in the shop is not being stuck in uh, with screen printers. You know, this is it. Because I feel like the industry will run away with you. You know, it, it will overtake you if you're not careful. That's what I'm sort of worried about is 
we we had DTG machines at one point, um, and we thought, you know, DTG is the way to go. This at the other. Uh, this is new. It, it, to the point where it was like going to take over screen print with DTG shops, and we was doing a lot of DTG. Long story short, that fashion DTG too much. Like we sold all that equipment two two years ago. It it wasn't for us. Yeah. It it just for many many reasons come down to ultimately quality. It wasn't screen print. It just wasn't good enough for what we wanted. Yeah. It's very good, not knocking it, but it just was didn't have that. And we got it from the customers of like, this isn't like the screen print stuff you got on your Instagram. Again, so it's constantly bites yeah. and it, it, you know, constantly coming around to buy us of like we're doing this screen print work, but we can't do an eight cut. Yeah, yeah, we're doing DTG, da da da. And they're like, oh, it's not quite vibrant as a four. And you're getting this, it was still very unacceptable and the customer liked it, but I was just getting this nagging feedback and it was like the knife going in of like, oh, you know, you're like, oh, it should have been better, and that's what hurts me. So we were like, we can't. You know, ultimately, like one day, I was like, I can't keep doing it. You know, my reputation is more to me than than. Right, I would sooner say no to the twelve kind of jobs and it, uh, or the twelve piece jobs, and explain like, look, DTG for us isn't isn't the one. We can't. It's just not the screen print. Anyway, ultra color and these other DTF things come along, and you start looking, going, well, actually, like the quality is there, the vibrancy is there, it does press nice, it does sit on the garment nice, especially the garments we've tested. But again, we we're not new. Like I haven't tried it on a lower end blank. You know, I put it on the blanks that we're using. We've actually run two or three jobs with it, um, and explained to the customer, you know, it's not screen group. We're going to use we're going to use the transfers, da da da, like because they've got like fourteen color fades. It was either that or politely the kind of job yeah. because we can't screen print it. So it's like, look, we can do this, but it will be in this method, da 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 da. They got it, and honestly, the feedback we got was over the moon. Yeah. Like they absolutely, and this isn't even you know, I'm not even paid to say this, but you know, like, <laughs> this, this is yeah. an honest job that come through that we we are trialing it on jobs. The feedback is the customers are happy. You know, they and, couldn't tell the difference really. Do they? You know, they don't know, but we're still going to be honest, you know, like, yeah, we're still going to be honest with them and tell them, like, look, you're not going to send your press screen print in this. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be Do you reckon if you hadn't have told them that it wasn't screen print, they would have clocked? You'd have just sent the full colour transfers probably. out? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they would have known. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, it's sort of like questioning people's knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's like pretending everyone's dumb but we would, <laughs> we would never do we, you know we would never we would never ever do that anyway you know we 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 would always be honest with the customer you like that's that's just part of it we'll always say look we can, and a lot of times they they hopefully we've got a little bit of reputation that they will go like okay it's, you know squeeze like you said it's all right it's probably all right yeah you know because ultimately if we've done it and it didn't look good then we'll just be better Square one, we're going to use it. It's building that re relationship and reputation, like, mm. like you said, isn't it? People trust what you say, yeah, rather than just like say going to a bigger print shop and being a yeah. bit 50 50 on how it's going to come out. Yeah, I think, I think customers in general have a much better understanding of how products are made now as well. Yeah, mm. just the general, yeah, customer. yeah. They, they can when they pick up a, a t shirt, they can okay, it's just, I can see the stitching, I can feel mm. the, the GSM on this. Yeah. And they know what's quality, so you, you 
again, always going back to authenticity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just being upfront about it. Yeah. There again, it just gives you a level of respect with them that way. Well, your yeah. customers will know now. It's one thing I can tell I can tell you to the blue in the face, like what we're using, I can tell you all the inks we're using, you can see the presses we're using, the embroidery machines. You're welcome to come in the shop and have a go. Yeah. It's all got to say, like if you want to come print your own job. Mm -hmm. I would like to have a go on the screen print machines. I haven't yeah. before. I've had so we do a little bit of live screen print. Um we go to events and festivals and things like that. Yeah. With some of the sort of our, say, our bigger customers and clients and people we work closely with, um, set up a little press and yeah, let people have a go. And I, I've, I've yet to meet anyone that just jumps on it and just pulls the perfect print, yeah. you know. Oh, pressure, okay. And that's it. What the thing they don't realize is, is the actual like downward pressure putting on the squeegee, mm -hmm. the, the physical. They go too light, they don't push hard enough. They go so light, they just sort of like feather over it and go, oh my god, my wink went through. And they're like, wow, <laughs> you're actually pushing, you're like, yeah, you're putting, you know, you're pushing the ink through the mesh. Mm. And then they're like, wow, like, then they're like, oh, I've seen this on your Instagram, you know, like, yeah. oh, you make it look so easy. Yes, you know, you kind of like, do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely a skill, definitely a trade. Mm. Definitely, um, to the point where like it could borderline should be considered a trade. Printing should be. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, everyone yeah. that we have employed in our factory here is always. Yeah, it's it is a trade. It's because you, you've not you've got to understand. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to look at a, a bottle of ink or yeah. a bucket of ink and be like, I know what I know what that's made of. I know what color that is. I know what that color powder's come from. Mm -hmm. You've got to really have that intuitive knowledge or build build towards the intuitive yeah. knowledge and want yeah. to, uh, sort to do that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, at one million percent, and that just comes down to like the ten thousand hours. And I'm only see, I'm only seeing it now when like I bring my dad and he's like, "Great, like just put shirts on the breast to to put labels in and things like that." And he's like, how, "You know, he's like, how, how are you threading them on the machine? You know, we're there just like throwing them on. I'm like, you just you're like you the muscle memory will get there, yeah. and that comes down to sort of in my ear, you know, when the embroidery machine's a little bit, you can hear, you know, but like me and Steve will look at each other and be like, What was that? You know, and it's like <laughs> you can hear it, like yeah. you just know, and it's it's sad, and yeah, you can you can feel garments, you know. I got we've had sort of people come out to us at shows and that talk to us, and like, Oh, when you get these teas, and you sort of feel them, you're like, Oh, wait, you know, that's a so and so, and they're like, How do you know? How do you know? It's yeah. like, Well. I've dealt with enough of yeah, them. You know, when you stand there picking them up, putting them on a press all day, every day, you you do just get that feel. You get the feel for the inks, you get the feel for the, the screens, the same thing, you get the feel for the transfers. You know, you sort of, you do become better, but you just have to keep pressing all the buttons on the machine and just keep working. There's no, I know you've got some fantastic stuff on your website and your job's come and like, I always look, I always look at the sheet that, that you send, like the, the the instructions of how to press it, and we're like, yeah, all right, we'll see. <laughs> we're like, we're we're literally, yeah, we literally say that every time. I'm like, yeah, just don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> We've worked this one out. Yeah, no. but you can um, do all our instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I think everyone, everyone after everyone's going to hear about a month on that person who walks into a shop and picks up a t-shirt. Oh, something no. like, what's that? Sorry, I did it on the weekend <laughs> and my friend just looked at me and was like, 
the, 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 the worst and the best ones are when customers will sort of email, oh, I've done that in another shop. Oh, yeah, great. And they sort of sort of try to warm it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll send you, send you a hoodie over. Like they send us the sample or they come and meet us and they show us the sample. And you're a bit like, how did that leave the shop? You know, like it's, it's not a knock to anyone else. It's just, yeah, some sometimes it happens, and you just like, like yeah, some people's quality is different as well, isn't it? Depends mm -hmm. what your priority is for your business. Comes down to the, like quality, quantity, yeah, situation. On the same terms, like we, I mean, I don't think we have yet, but like, yeah, there'd become a time where where like I know where we are. You know, we're a, a manual screen print shop. With, well, we've got three embroidery machines now, so we can do a fair bit, you know, we can do hundreds of units, but there would be a thing of like, if someone comes like, oh, I need 10,000 pieces, I would be honest and be like, yeah, we can do it, but you can go wait six months mm -hmm. because like, we are generally booked four weeks out anyway, or you may be better off with a bigger shop, you know, like that, that can handle that one, but I can't lie, you know, that's, that's it, and my arms would probably fall off trying to print that. But, you know, <laughs> are you hoping to get to that point where you were talking about maybe moving into a bigger space at some point in the future? Yeah. And what's the plan moving yeah. forwards? So, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, we're just on continual growth. Everything I do just goes back in, like, and so, like I say, yeah, new embroidery machine coming in. Um, look at this, yeah, new heat press stuff is in talks and probably on the way very soon. Um, so yeah, constant, constant growth. Next thing will be the unit. When we can upgrade the unit, then it will be like next step. Then we will start to automate. I'd love to automate the screen print press. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that would be the goal. Um, and then, and then the challenge will be finding operators with the same eye and bringing people in to run it, etc. But yeah, that sort of. That's that I say the five year plan. I'd like it to happen this year. You know, we're pushing for it like now if that can happen this year. But there's a lot of a little bit of luck, a little bit of thing that comes involved because like the right unit needs to come up, you know, mm -hmm. for the right price. Like, I can't make these things happen. Yeah, but we can get to a position where we're ready and I feel like we're ready um, to make that leap. We've definitely got the work, thankfully. You know, we're we're constantly booked up three, four weeks as standard. Yeah. We have been for the last year, two years. So yeah, there's a constant stream of work coming in. Customers are happy with that because they know that they get, you know, if they try and rush us, uh, it's just now, never, I'm never happy with a rush job. So we don't rush them. So it's like, no, 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 if you want our services, like fortunately guys, you've got to be on our time scale. But yeah. when it delivers, luckily I'll get that phone call, like it's here, amazing, it's following them back, like a top job. And it's, that's ultimately what, what you get for playing to our orbit, basically. But then that comes down to what you were saying about picking and choosing your jobs. You get mm. to pick who you work with and if you gel with them as a customer yeah. and a print shop. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately we, um, we, don't, we, we don't make a habit of it, but we, no, I, I did cancel a job and if customers listening, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but um, we, we did cancel a job last week. It, yeah, it, it just doesn't work. There seems to be communication breakdown, you know, it's like we've got MIQs of 12 for doing this and then it's like, we're going back and forwards, and it sort of, yeah, just all got a bit, bit of a. I, mm. I, I feel like I'm talking about one thing. I feel like talking about it, and it's a bit like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, and it sort of ended with like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Like, 
would you do that? Do you know what I mean? Like, where did that come from? So, yeah, and we have been known to, to pull the plug politely and say, look, like, we can't, we can't do this. You know, this isn't what we thought it was when we started. You know, yeah. the parameters of this job have now changed. They then don't... surely they'd rather you do that than produce a job that's under quality that neither of you are going to be happy yeah. with. I do know. I mean, I can't I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a bit nifty. lost a print shop. But... I, what can, you, what can we do? You know, I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't like letting people down. But unfortunately, like it just doesn't work. You know, and then it, we're not about to lose money on on jobs. And yeah, you you, you can't. So then it becomes like the cutthroat business model of like, sorry, no, we, it, it's all it's all trash. So yeah. yeah. So but that being said, I mean, starting out, people are listening and they're starting out and they're listening to me going, yeah, cut jobs and do this and do that. Can't. You know, when, when you're when you're starting out, if you are brand new into the prints, I said yes to everything, yeah. and I failed fifty percent of it. I'm not gonna lie, like we failed every other job. You know, probably didn't make money for a year, two years. I know that sounds silly because sometimes you make money, others you do, and they're not right. You, you have to replace them. You know, don't argue it. Customers not happy. Just rerun the job, run it back, do it again. You know, do, do, maybe don't take an order that's 500 pieces that if you do have to rerun it, it's going to put you under. Just just slow and steady wins the race. But yeah, if you're starting out, I do encourage you to say yes to absolutely everything. That's the only way, or for me anyway, I might be a bit of a risk taker. I definitely was when I was younger, uh, is I'll say yes and figure it out after. And it's that, it was that approach that I had. Like, yeah, I could do that. And then it's like, how do I do that? You know, like YouTube, Google, bring people up, bring you up, bring other print shops up, um, and figure it out and try and get it done. And then ultimately get it done, get it delivered, and then like you've learned a new skill, there you go. And then just do that for forever. Like, yeah. we're, still, we're still doing it now. Yeah, you know, like, it, it actually doesn't stop. But you start to build your rule book of like, we say yes to these, these ones are easy, this is that. And it kind of all comes in to so then like, down the line, you go, oh wait, we now specialise in this, and you know people come to you. They come to you for the high bills. They come to us for the puff prints. They come to us for these things, and that's the opening line in their email. Hi, we've been sent to you by so and so for this, and you're like, oh yeah, like we've carved out like our niche, well, best at, and yeah. you might, you, and it, it's what you're good at, what you enjoy doing is obviously probably what you're going to be better at because you're going to put more into it. But yeah, starting out, I spent every day, every Saturday, every Sunday for years. And I, I'm not just saying this, it was five, six, seven years of just every single weekend trying things. Yeah. With it, with that being vinyl, with it being like the hybrid stuff, the screen print stuff, the embroidery, it was just like, right, I'm going to buy a box of tees for this weekend because I'm going to try this. Ruin every single one of them, get a few, learn. As long as you're learning, you, you're not going backwards. And that was that was really it. There was no, um, I mean, sorry, you got some muscle classes or whatever, but like, yeah, I didn't go on any classes. I didn't go and get there weren't any classes. Free, free. That's the thing. No, no, so there wasn't any. And, um, and that's up to be honest with you. I mean, we do, we do do master classes here, but the yeah. number one advice we give to people here is go home and try it now. Just try and try break it, yeah. accelerate your mistakes, mm. because that's how you're going to succeed. Yeah, that's that. I mean, most of our most of the classes we have here are pretty simple. I mean, heat presses are not difficult to use. They're up, they go up, they go down. Yeah. You follow the recipes, 
then you'll be all right. But yeah, you've got, to, you've got to try stuff. I think a lot of people like to come in and see the presses before they buy them. They like to try transfers, like have people explain how they work and yeah. that side of it. Just get different. over the initial yeah, but the trial and daunting-ness of like, yeah. wow, I've just had this heat press in it, but it looks like an ape. What the hell does it look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, the trial and error process becomes when mm-hmm. you get your heat press home, yeah. when you start to fuse and do things wrong. It's the same as driving a car. You know, you learn to pass your test and then you learn to drive. It's yeah. the same mm-hmm. as, you know, you learn to turn your heat press on, you learn the fundamentals, but ultimately, I consider like printing like science, you know, it, it is, there's, what, three, four variables, pillars, yeah. time, temperature, pressure. And, and pressure, there you go. Like, that, that's for your heat pressing. Fairly similar to screen print, you know, you've got your flash times, you've got your cure times, you've got, you know, the bleeds and the chokes and your open, you know, you've got all of that stuff, but you work it out. Yeah. You slowly work it out, you dial it in, you dial it in, you dial it in until you get somewhat decent at what you're doing. Yeah. And that's it. And as, like, as long as along the way the customers are happy, you'll be fine, you'll be growing. Yeah. Any advice you'd give our customers uh, having their parents in the business? Obviously, you mentioned well, your that's dad's, a big one, yeah. <laughs> your dad's oh. part of the business. And I know from yeah. uh, a lot of people I spoke to last weekend that there's a Roping mum and mum or dad are both into businesses a key element of the growth, but yeah. what would you say lessons learned there? No, so I mean my dad's obviously of it like yeah, my fa- fortunately my family are are close. You know, it's I literally wouldn't be without obviously, you know, it's just <laughs> like it's it's yeah, throughout the whole sort of jet ski thing, that was obviously like fundamentally you know, my dad, you know, yeah. at fourteen I worked doing too much rather than riding jetty. So yeah, it's come round. Um and then yeah, always have to help with the clothing brand. You know, at one point we were we were uh kind of festivals nearly every weekend with with a mobile store and trading and selling the clothes and stuff at, at big, you know, sort of big events. And he was always there helping out unpaid at this point, just like there, fully supportive. So now yeah, he's retired. Um Probably got a bit bought in at home because it's a bit like me. It's like, yeah, it has to be doing something. Yeah. Um, so I needed someone quick, you know, I sort of like, he, he's been around the print shop, he's constantly moping in there. So I was like, look, you need, like, come in. Like, you know what, you, you, you've seen us do it a million times, you know what we're doing. So yeah, a little bit of training, a little bit of just watching over and you can, you can press a label you guys. Do other bits and yeah. weave on and stuff. So yeah, it's great. Now he's like sort of a fully, fully fledged stuff, which is great because I'm the nice boss. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, it's uh, no, it's great. It's great, and ultimately a big help. Yeah, you know, it's good. Like yeah, communications absolutely fine. That if you can't, you know, if you can't communicate with your own dad, then don't worry about hiring anyone because he's still going to be much better known as it, you know. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 that. And then Steve, so I say like my inquiry guys or whatever, or one or two or whatever. He is sort of my first friend, like childhood friend. He used to live next door, etc. Yeah. Like really is like childhood friend. So yeah, he come in fine, absolutely amazing. Yeah, so. So far, so far, so good. Yeah, we really are like a homegrown print shop. Yeah, but we're all like, even Steve was there at the weekend of that. We're all nuts about it. He loves to stick things because on the side, in his own little printer, he's got like uh, the big sticker printer machines. But so he does all of that side as well. Like he he sort of 
is into it, but it doesn't sort of scream right outside of sort of squeezed orange. Um, so yeah, even in his spare time, he's doing stuff constantly. Yeah. WhatsApp, like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, we're constantly just yeah, yeah, just print. Okay. Um, yeah, no, good. And if anyone wants to get in contact, you find find your work. What's the the best way to reach you? Um, Instagram, I suppose. Yeah. At squeezed orange, that's the shop. On Darren underscore squeezed orange. If you want to reach me personally, they're basically both business accounts. You'll see, yeah. I just post work stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm active. Anyone did have a question? I will try and answer. Okay. Well, we thank you very much for joining us today. I'm sure this might be the last time you come join us today, because we, as we discussed before we went live, there we've got lots of uh, lots of things to discuss about how to make content. You do some great video. Anyone who's not following Darren, I encourage you to do that because he's got some really great videos. Um, I think everyone finds really satisfying to watch um, and gives you a little bit of insight into the behind the scenes as well. So. Definitely give them a follow, get in contact if you've got questions or you're thinking about starting your brand. It's a, a great resource. Um, and Beast also got its own brand as well. So something you can see, if anyone's watching on YouTube, you can see that um, there's a really nice idea that Darren's supporting today. So you can get that from squeezedorange.com as well, can't you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for Molly for joining me today as well. No, thank um, you. Anything we can help you with, just head on to targettransfers.com um, and we always welcome any of your questions. We do have lots of events coming up over the next couple of months, so head to targettransfers.com slash events. If you're thinking about starting a t-shirt business, looking for a one-to-one -one growth clinic, or if you'd like to know more about our Optical Max direct film e-transfers. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. And we're good. Here we go. And literally, it's like, oh no, like, not before this one.